Hi there and welcome to Raising Resilient Teens, the podcast version. My name is Sasha Lester and I'm so grateful you're here with me today, where we talk about all things teenagers, raising teenagers and the joys that go with it. With that, let's kick it off. Hello there and welcome back to another episode of Raising Resilient Teens. My name is Sasha Lester and I will be your host for the next 20 to 30 minutes. Today I'm joined with a very close friend of mine, Jenny Jones. I've known Jenny for, oh, maybe 18 to 19 years, maybe, maybe a little bit less. Um, A wee bit of a background, Jenny used to be um, the nanny for Harry and Addie pretty soon after I split from my ex-husband. So both I and my children, we, we referred to Jenny as Nanny Jenny for so long and and even now, Harry goes, oh, how's Nanny Jenny? I see that she's on Facebook and, and Addie's the same. So it's lovely. Um, and I've seen Jenny morph into many businesses. And now she's kicking goals. She's li- living in Gympie, loving life there. Jenny's mission is to heal physically, emotionally, psychologically and spiritually children, teenagers and young adults who suffer from anxiety, stress, addictions, drugs, alcoholism, ADHD, ASD, psychosis, depression, PTSD and all forms of trauma. Wow. Jenny uses multiple modalities to help heal barriers, blocks, negative beliefs and fears associated with the issue. One of the modalities is called Theta Healing, which we will talk about more today. She works through to build strong fundamental foundations connecting not only themselves but also to others, i.e. the parents, to recapture who they fully are. Welcome, Jenny. I'm so excited. Hi, how are you, Sasha? Yeah, good, good. Good. Thank you so much for joining today. I've uh, read briefly a bit about you and bio that you sent through and and it's short and sweet but it's also jam-packed with a lot of stuff that, you know, parents and troubled teens that we need today. So tell us a little bit about you, what you do and, yeah, how, how you got here today. Okay, so I've been doing Theta for about four years now. I kind of just fell into it because I I have a child, <laughs> my son, who I've had uh, a lot of problems with and ever since he was a teenager. And wasn't until I started getting more into spiritually different kind of modalities that I came across Theta and it really resonated with me. And with that, I have kind of started doing it and then I was training and then I started having people that I was working with, but I was seeing huge changes really instantly. And that was a pinnacle moment for me. I then started um, having my son work with uh, Theta Healers, more or less my teachers, and the changes in him were significant. Even from the colour of his skin, he would sort of walk in and be really pasty and dark, and then he'd come out of the session and he'd just be like bright coloured, really glowing in his face, 
um, his whole personality was um, just lighter, different, more open, more connected. And I remember the very first time, and I'll never forget it, that he walked out of a session and he just lifted up his arms and just opened up his arms and it was like freedom. That's what it related to me was like. Yeah. It just felt like all of a sudden he had no cares in the world and just felt amazing and you could see it and his whole behaviour towards that was different as well. He was wanting to go do stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of what got me onto the road of doing Theta and I just really felt connected to it and I've worked on myself a lot and realised that even I had a lot of work to do also and it's made me learn a lot about myself as well as uh, looking on uh, at things in a different perspective and not allowing my ego to face, to just not put my own opinions out there. I sort of look at things in a different way. I kind of understand where people are coming from now. I understand why people say what they say, where they can be quite hurtful and do things, but I realise that it's not always um, who they really are. It's sometimes where they're stuck or they have blocks. And that's what Theta basically works on. It works on blocks. It works on um, negative talk, trauma, all of those kind of things, blocks, trauma, uh, negative thoughts, negative beliefs. You mentioned that your son goes and sees someone for Theta Healing. I'm assuming that's not you. It's very difficult to work with your own children. Yeah. Um, I find um, he's not very, very receptive to me, but he is to others doing theta. He's very, very open to it and connects to it really well. And he has had some uh, serious stuff that he's done to his brain and his mind through drugs and he's been to psychologists and all that. But the thing that I find is that they just don't get any headway. And I find this with actually a lot of boys that they're not very good at communicating. And, and sometimes they don't even know what they're feeling or how to express it. And so the more you kind of push someone to do that, the more they kind of shut down because they don't even know sometimes. So sorry. <laughs> so when your son started to go to Theta Healing, how... Yeah hard or how easy was it to for him to go like was it a hard conversation to have or because I know if I mentioned something like this to Harry now he would be potentially quite open to the solution because he understands and acknowledges that you know we're not all squeaky clean and we do need some help but years ago when as an example I organized some hypnotherapy for him and and I said oh Harry you know are you okay going to some to a hypnotist and his his comment was and I'll remember it so clearly if you want to pay someone a shitload of money for me to sit in a chair and fall asleep knock yourself out like that was his 
attitude a good couple of years ago, whereas now it's different? He was, mine was the same. My son was not very open to um, doing anything um, a while ago. And and it kind of all started, uh, his behaviour started when he was about 15, 16. And then it just got worse and the people that he associated with got worse and it kind of grew from there. But I didn't know a lot of the stuff that I know today either. And then basically by the time I did get him to start doing it, he was highly medicated at the time. I didn't really tell him what it was. I just because he didn't really wasn't in the right mind that I just said it was counselling. That's the way I've always described it as to him as just counselling. And then from that moment, it was kind of like he felt like he had to go so he would go so he went but then that experience of going and he just felt it was like euphoric for him the first time it was such an experience to him that he'd never felt before that he was keen to keep going I'd just say oh we're going to go to oh yep 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 and he'd really look forward to going because he liked that feeling he felt uh light he felt like he had freedom he felt more connected to himself it changed even his perception of things and as we kept doing that the medication was a solution at the time when it got so bad that we actually had to hospitalize him it was that bad yeah and then um but since then we've reduced that medication reduced and reduced and reduced we didn't ever really take it off and i'm not a fan of medication but i do feel like it does have a purpose but i don't think it's something that people should stay on forever yeah that was one of my questions like you you have to work at working your way off that because a medication to me is basically just suppressing what's going on and it's about getting to the problem of what's going on and if you can get to the problem of what's going on they won't need it anyway because that's what's elevating what's happening to the person whether it's anxiety whether it's addictions whatever it is so so using your son as an example how many sessions to work through a problem and how often do people need to go It really depends on the child, to be honest. I think more regular. I find that my son works um, better when he's regularly doing it. So Regularly as in weekly or fortnightly or? Um, Sort of every two to three weeks because you've got to allow time for it to, um, you know, work and things like that. But uh, at that stage when I was having him work with some of my teachers, it was more that I couldn't get him in to see them always at that time. So sometimes it became a little bit more sporadical, which then I found then I could start seeing different sides of him coming back out again. Not that you ever get the same thing. So once something is healed, it's always healed. But it can also open up other doors to other things that it's connected to. And that's, I mean, you've got to think, uh, you know, they've spent years and years creating all this. So it takes, you know, a while to undo it. You can't sort of do it in, you know, just one session. Some people think, oh, yeah, just did one session. No, you do don't do one session. <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. And everyone's different. I mean, you could, I mean, I've been in this state of teaching and, and learning and I've been doing it just over four years now and I'm still doing it do you know what I mean on myself and I just don't think you can ever stop really learning do you need it as often no you definitely don't but 
Um, I think that we we always need to keep growing and healing ourselves because there's always things that are going to come up as we go on. So yeah, and it works the same with the children. But you start off regularly a lot, and then it just you know you spread it out further and further. You know, maybe every three months, then and maybe every six months. But it really just depends on the child. But I think to keep it up and maintain it is a great thing. Because we're always going to evolve and things are going to happen in our lives which can make us go back sometimes and or spiral out of control or don't know how to handle it. And this is a very good way of clearing those issues up. What actually happens in a theta session? It like is it in person? Can it be done via Zoom? How long does it go for? Do we sit in a chair or like in a set position or like I'm like totally curious about the yeah. whole process. So um, you just sit in the chair. <laughs> just sit in the chair. Um, the sessions vary. Usually with an adult, it's an hour to an hour and a half. Children, it does vary depending on the child. So you can do, uh, well, I personally do half an hour sessions or one hour sessions. If I find that it's too much for them, I'll just break up the hour session and they'd have two half-hour sessions. Yeah, it really depends on the child. So you were asking me what the process was. So basically what they do is they come in and then they sit down and we kind of go into a meditative state. I'll do like a really short meditation just to, you know, really get into that comfort phase where you feel really connected and we want to really target into that unconscious mind. So always having the eyes closed because when you've got your eyes closed, you're always in an unconscious mind. Theta is actually from the theta brainwave. So we're kind of in that state uh, when some kids playing Xbox or something, when they're really engrossed in playing it, they're in a theta brainwave in that. It's in that unconscious mind that you just sort of switch off and you go into, and that's the same thing with doing a session. You go into that where you're just sort of closing down your mind. And from there, then I do a bit of a clearing on that you've got no entities or anything connected to us Mm -hmm. Uh, because a lot of us do have that, especially if they're around negative people, have negative energies, that it can alter the way that you feel. Sometimes when you're feeling or going through an emotion and you go, I don't even know why, there's nothing really going on in my life, but I feel this, you usually find it's because there's an entity connected to you. And they do have entities that connect to them, that tell them things, especially if they're highly spiritual children, that they should do naughty things, which is why some kids lash out and tend to do naughty things because they're being told that in their head Um, not that they'll necessarily always tell you and they sometimes don't even understand that that's happening to them but that actually can happen they want to be really clear and we want to have nothing connected when I'm connecting with them so from that point I then work with what I call the creator. So to me, creator is not a religion and it's not taught as a religion. To me, the creator is the air, the earth, the water, just all the connections of the earth. That's what I connect to. And then I get told what's going on with that child. And then I kind of go in and I dig deeper to get to the bottom belief of what underlining that issue or that problem. So you identify the problem rather than, say, the parents or the teenager coming to you going, 
I've got this problem. Can we fix it? I can do that too. Okay. I can do that too. But generally, whatever the problem is when they're coming in, that's what I'll be told to work on anyway. And we can hold those beliefs in like in your heart. You can hold it in your intestines. You can hold it in your brain. You can hold it physically or emotionally. So you can also have pains and things like that. And that's where you can also hold uh, belief systems. So it depends on where they're actually holding it um, to where I tend to find that I can work on it and heal that issue as well. If it's something physical like something like a kneecap or anything like that, I'll do a healing on that at the same time as when I'm finding the bottom belief to that. So instantly that will be healed. Is it kind of like hypnotherapy? No. Okay. Different because hypnotherapy is more about, not that I'm a huge expert on it, I'm not, I've only ever done it a few times, but it's more I'm just going sort of back to the problem and done in a different way. Everyone has their own techniques on how to do it, but it is very, very different. I do do a timeline sometimes, so I'll go back and drop them into the moment of the time when it first happened because sometimes that's where they can get to that bottom belief. But with children, they do kind of struggle with that and they're not always super open to knowing how to do that. So I kind of just work with them um, to find that bottom belief that they have. When you're working with children and you're getting to these bottom beliefs and and problems, can you like see it in their eyes of, yes, they've got it, yes, we've reached the moment and they're working through? Like is it a visual thing for you? In the bottom belief, I just basically get told what that bottom belief is. So I kind of just instantly know. I can actually, and I find this, there are a few different ways to do it, but this one I prefer is I use their body as a pendulum. So when um, I do believe that they have a belief to actually show people, I can get them to do it on their own body. So it's not me actually saying it, it's their body telling them. And then we can do it again at the end and you'll see that it will be the opposite. You can see within your own body what it was to what it now is. So once you've got down to the bottom belief, I then go up and then change that belief into a positive belief because it's usually a negative belief that it's associated with or connected to. Right. And it can be from past life, it can be genetic, it can be history, and it can be soul, so from this life, and you've brought it into this life. It can also come from your genes, so it can come from a few different areas or it can come from all of those areas. It it really does um, depend. What are some of the common issues that people come to you with, whether they be teenagers or adults? And I'm assuming that the problems would be very different between each? Between each child or? No, like between parents and teenagers and do you work with younger children as well I have worked with I you know it's surprising I'm getting a lot of children between seven and nine that have a lot of anxiety I didn't realize how big of a thing that has become anxiety Um, do you reckon COVID played a big part in that COVID's getting blamed for so much I know but I don't really know but I think it's become more awareness you know that these kids I think I think we're becoming more aware. When I have conversations with people about this, it's like, well, we went through stuff many years ago. 
when we were younger. But we weren't really really talk about it. We didn't really we didn't have any platforms for it, or it wasn't really expressed. It was just kind of like an emotion you went through, and that was it, and then you move on. Whereas now, I think it's being more understood that these kids do have it, and they do have stuff going on. Whether or not it, the parents also bring. Uh, I find that sometimes the parents can feel like that there's a lot more going on and create stuff sometimes because what they're also creating in their own life, they can also pass that on to the children as well. So if the, ch- uh, if the adult is feeling a lot of anxiety, that can definitely be passed on to the child without even knowing it. And the child will start feeling it and feeling that anxiousness towards stuff as well. Yeah, I don't know whether it's just because people are more aware of it that it's become a bigger thing. And I was reading an article the other day, actually, from father's perspective. And basically the daughter was, you know, she's reading all this stuff all the all the time, whether she starts reading it and starts, well, I've got this or I've got that. Like sometimes, I don't know, things kind of get crossed over that they don't really have it, but, you know, and then there's people that really do have it, you know, there's. Are we talking like medical issues or? Well, um, you know, even with anxiety or something, I mean, yeah. that can be crippling for some people, but then other people just sort of say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm really anxious when I do this, but there's also that line between it's okay to be anxious to do something sometimes it's okay to have that feeling to be anxious it's okay to have fear to do certain things that's just being human but when it's crippling you or really affecting your life well then that's the difference yeah but that's yeah. what I was saying with some people. It's it's become a thing that you don't know whether sometimes the kids are playing on these things. So it's more where I'm going with that. And Dr. Google probably comes into play. <laughs> probably. <We're> self-diagnosed. <laughs> Stress, addiction, drugs, alcoholism. There are a lot of the things that Harry went through, that I went through. In those situations, I wouldn't have been able to get Harry to to go to someone such as yourself. Would would theta sessions have helped me in the coping mechanism mechanism of working through his problems? It's really got to be with the child, and I know that is one of the hardest things. I know personally <clears throat> that that was the hardest thing just getting my son to do it and even admitting there's a problem sometimes, especially if they really have huge issues, mental issues after the drugs or after the alcoholism or whatever, uh, they really become in denial and actually think that there's nothing wrong with them or that they can fix themselves. Oh, I'm fine. I'll be right, you know, that kind of thing. So I know that can be one of the hardest challenging things, but if you can just get them in that door that first time, I see like that changes when they walk out. You know, I've seen people walk in with a limp and walk out with no limp. I've seen people that just their whole energy has changed. They've gone from being really quiet, really suppressed to, oh, yeah, and really wanting to have a conversation and connect. And it's just so interesting to see how people can change that much. And I've never come across anything that's happened so fast like that. I remember the very first training session I had. And to be honest, I went and did this and just felt so connected to doing this. And I'm not really sure why, but I just did. 
And I hadn't even had a theta session when I went and did my training. So everyone else in the class had done it, knew what it was. I had no idea. Right. (laughs) When people were working on each other, they kind of had a bit of an idea what they were doing and I had no idea what I was doing. Was that a benefit for you, not not having been to a session, do you reckon? Well, I don't really know because I think back on it now and it was kind of like a blur. (laughs) (laughs) And I think usually you spread it out over a period of time too. But I did my first three days, um, I did like the basic and then I jumped in straight after a couple of days later and I did my advanced and then a couple of days later I did did deeper, which is how it sort of goes. You've got to um, do certain ones in a certain way to keep building on um, your qualification basically. And I just remember thinking, and it happened just before, you know, sort of COVID sort of came into it and all of that. I just remember thinking about it after I'd done it and I was like, I was there in the moment, but then when I think back and I look back at it, it was was a bit of a blur. So I had to sort of go back and really think, and I was like, I was actually taking all those things on. I was just so engrossed into it, learning about it, knowing more about it, that I knew more than ever that this is what I was meant to do. It probably would have helped me a little bit more understand at the beginning had I done a session. But And that first session that we worked on each other, someone worked on my arm that I had a problem with for two and a half years. Even in that moment, I was holding my arm up because it would just ache so much. And I haven't had a problem with that shoulder since. There's so many options now I find to help children with these situations but as a parent like I remember when when Harry started you know doing drugs and getting suspended from school um stealing taking alcohol etc all the options that were put forward to help him through these situations were counsellors school counsellors doctors psychiatrists psychologists and like I remember going and getting a, a health care plan for him but he he didn't attend whereas now I feel that there are so many more options available like, you know, five years ago, I didn't know about theta, theta healing. I didn't even know it existed. I suppose they were around and it's why aren't parents given all these other options, whereas they're kind of given mainstream options of doctors and psychologists, psychiatrists, etc. Like um, even for me, arranging that hypnotherapist at the time was yeah. totally left field to everything that I'd been told or suggested to go to go and seek help. I think the biggest thing is um, from people that I've, I've spoken to over the time is that everyone goes to mainstream because a lot of that is funded by the government. So a lot of those things um, get paid for and when people can't afford to do it. And more of the holistic kind of stuff, it's becoming more open and people are starting to understand it a bit more or at least wanting to try it. But I think it's taken a while for people to get to that point. I think they've gone down the medical route and the mainstream and it hasn't worked And so now they're looking for other solutions and wanting to try something, you know, something else, yeah. So it's really an education point of view from from your point as well. Yeah, the government really puts out, 
you know, to do these counselling psychologists. I mean, I, I remember when my son was in hospital and I'm not against counselling or psychologists, but I mean, they were ringing me when he was uh, hospitalised, asking me all these questions about my son. And I'm like, that should be your job. That's your job. You should know how to do that. And I've heard so many other people say the same thing or they've gone to counselling and haven't really got a result because, again, they're trying to make the child talk about these things that sometimes the child doesn't even know what the problem is or why they do what they do. Like they're not connected to it in that way. Whereas when you're coming from a holistic, I don't even need them to tell me. I kind of already know. Um, I can work on them without them having to go into that. I can um, go into that without them having to relive trauma if they've had trauma because that's the last thing that they want to talk about or bring up. And it's not about bringing it up, talking about it, getting it out there. It's about healing it, clearing it and moving on from it is what, what I do. It's not about reliving that over and over and over again. Do you think that these psychiatrists, psychologists, doctors can work easily and should be working easily with practitioners such as yourself, hand in hand, not a complete divide? Only because what we do is completely different. I don't know that we we are in a line with each other. Like they have their method, uh, which is just completely different to a lot of the holistic side. So yeah. um, but what I feel like that should happen is um, the health system should be more open to these holistic things that happen. And honestly, if you did your research, you would see so many people getting better and moving on with their life from doing all these things, but you don't hear about them a lot, unfortunately. It, like I said, it is getting better and people are becoming more open to it, but it's that holistic side that are having to bring it up for people to know about it and um, bring programs together and things like that for people to be able to um, know it, try it and see it. Because, again, like what you said earlier, a lot of people don't even know these things even exist to even look. So, um, yeah, if we could get that out more, that would be fantastic. And I think people would see that there's uh, a a, a whole different world of approach to these kids and there's just so many kids going through this I remember my son I would say most of his friends were going through exactly the same thing as he was same. a lot of parents that didn't know what to do and you had the parents that just didn't care then you had the ones that didn't have parents um, and there were so many different reasons why they were where they were. But, you know, and I do get it that some of these parents that after 10 years, they were just fed up and would kick the kids out. And um, then the kids are basically lost. Had I not followed and gone to every appointment, and and that's what I've done, you know, over the years. I've gone to every appointment with my son. I've gone to the lengths that I've gone to, to to really getting that help. But I've had to support and go all the way along because even with the psychologist, you know, they were wanting to put him on these really high medications and I was having to control it. They'd meet him once and then try to diagnose him and I'm like, what? <laughs> and, yeah, and I know that a lot of people or parents just trust in these people 
um, and go, well, they the doctor said this or they say that and, yeah, I just I was glad that I was always there to know better. Um, yeah. But some people just don't. They they trust in what they're being told and, and sometimes they're just being told to basically take drugs, more drugs on top of their drugs, you know. And you so, really trusted your your intuition and your gut your gut feeling and you kept on pushing that, you know, this this is not actually working, there's got to be something else. And you kept on trying to find what clicked for your son. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And when I when I first got told about Theta, uh, my son had a session with um, this gentleman up at the Sunshine Coast was the first person. And this was be, before I'd even um, done any of my training or became a Theta practitioner. Um, and I just, he, he used it as part of his modality. He also did a couple of other things as well. Um, but, yeah, I just saw such huge changes in him in that moment and I went, that's what I need to do. And I was actually searching for someone and they're not actually that easy to find the, um, healers in uh, Australia but um, and ones that you can personally go to uh, online. Yeah. But I just felt like he really needed to be in that room and really connecting in that moment. Yeah. Um, the, the sessions sort of can his be first done. experience and my first experience and the experience that I saw within him was what made me really understand. But no one can diagnose someone in 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 just meeting them once and just asking them, you know, uh, you know, how are you feeling? And the first thing they say is they're fine and I don't need it. You know that. that you can't go by what these children are saying because they don't really know. And well, quite often know. doctors <laughs> quite often doctors have those 20 minute appointments and they're they're always rushed. And yeah. whereas I'm getting the impression they they healers take their time and it's, you know, 60 to 90 minutes um yeah. a session. Yeah, it's a slow process. And like I say, you know, I can heal certain things in that time, but I can't heal everything in that time. And if you think that you you can come into just one session and, and just, you know, everything is fantastic, it's not. Yeah. But they're, they're certainly taking chunks out of, you know, what you need to heal on. So, yeah. And the earlier you can do it and jump onto it, like I said, had I known this stuff earlier on in the in my life, I definitely would have had my son into this stuff even earlier. But you know, even I wasn't aware. Even now, I'm hearing stuff. Oh, that there's a program for this, and I'm like, oh, really? You know? And I'm in the industry, and I I don't even know some of this stuff. So, um, it's good that there's becoming more people aware of it um, and more people out there like myself that are doing those things because mm -hmm. I'm starting to do my own program as well um, that I'm putting together to start in November and it's like a 30-day program working with kids that have anxiety, um, ADHD and only mild trauma. These are only um, less intense um, conditions yeah so um, I work with the children 
um, I put a program together that they work on on a weekly basis and then at the end we, we do a bit of a workshop to just kind of round it all up. But there is actually a session in there working with the parents because the parents are a big part of it. It, mm. it. When something's going on with the child, it doesn't just affect the child, it affects the whole family, everyone involved, whether they like it or they don't. So, yeah. Our family certainly felt that when when Harry was going through his drama and, like, he's moved out of home now and he came back recently, like, he rang up one day and he said, oh, can I move back home for a couple of weeks? And I'm like, yeah, sure, thinking I had a good week to prepare and, you know, sort out a room for him and get things sorted. And I'm like, yep, sure, no worries. When are you, you know, what's your ETA? And he goes, oh, I've just got to go home from work and pack a few things and I'll be there. And I'm like, and I noticed like the the difference with like Addie especially, it was like her world had been totally impacted and not in a good way. And it was like, oh, you know, your favourite son's back and everything's and it was like, woe is me. And I'm like, he's home for a couple of weeks and then he'll probably move out again. But yeah. um, it certainly rocked the dynamics. Um, and yeah, it was it was different. That's yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. It is different, um, and it, and it does affect. And especially if they're they're still going through whatever they're going through, rebellious or whatever anger, you know, whatever is coming up for the child. Like it, it is a lot harder on the parent because the parents trying to find the answer, the solution, and still deal with their work they're still trying to deal with their other children they're still trying to you know have a life of their own and uh, sometimes that child can just overtake all of that and impact Mm. their life so much yeah yeah in wrap up Jenny is there any advice that you can give to um a parents and b teenagers struggling at this point in time well I guess the best advice I could give is just really have a look out there and see what else there is out there and know that there's um, there is help out there. It's just a matter of searching for it and, and trying to find something outside of the box. If whatever you're doing is not working, try something else um, yeah. because there are so many different things um, out there and they even surprise me. Some things, are, you know, they're not personally things that I would do, but they might work for other people. So mm. and not all the kids are going to, some people are going to find that that, you know, medication and working with doctors works for them and then other people are going to find holistic. You've just got to find what works for you and just persist. Um, I know that it can be often hard and challenging, but at the end of the day, you just want to find a solution so you can actually help your child um, and and help your own mental health at the same time as well. <laughs> because Very if they're happy, so. you're happy. If they're content and they're, you know, moving on in their life and getting through school or whatever it may be, it makes it so much easier on on your life also. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for the (laughs) for the educational lesson. It was it was amazing. And I will drop all your links to all your socials and your website, etc. in the comments. Thank you very much. Have Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks very much. 
and just like that it's a wrap i hope you've enjoyed the last 20 or so minutes and have walked away with some golden nuggets of information if you'd like to join our raising resilient teens facebook group the link will be in the comments and until next time ciao